0: Hounicon. 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 Hounicon.
1: You're listening to Hounicon Podcast, highlighting citizen Potawatomi Nation issues, members, and more. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Hounicon Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Paige Willett. In this episode, we'll hear about the history of the Potawatomi Census Book of 1862 and the tribe's effort to gain ownership, and environmental activists stay with CPN during her journey hiking across the U.S., as well as the behavioral health department's smoking cessation classes. The Potawatomi Census Book of 1862 remains a vital foundational document for the citizen Potawatomi nation. However, the nation does not have it in its possession. CPN staff first saw it at St. Mary's Indian Pay Station Museum in St. Mary's, Kansas, in 2006. The artifact documents the nation's beginning, and members and staff of CPN have spent almost 15 years attempting to gain custody from the city's historical society, including Dr. Kelly Mosteller, director of Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Cultural Heritage Center.
2: It's a piece of our history. It was there with our ancestors. You know, there's something really personal about being able to see the tangible history of your people and being able to see those names as they were written and know that they were in the room and see that part of the living history.
1: The Treaty of 1861 presented Potawatomi in Kansas the option to either continue living on a communal reservation or accept a small allotment for their families and begin a path towards United States citizenship. Those who took individual parcels became known as Citizen Pottawatomie. Part of the treaty also guaranteed a census of those living on the reservation accepting allotments, which the government carried out the following year. The census book is the list
2: of. People making decisions for themselves and taking ownership of their futures and deciding for themselves what their future is going to look like and what that would mean for their families. It was, it was either way, it was choosing a very different path from the one that they were presently on of just living together communally on this reservation that had been promised to us for eternity.
1: It includes the names of several influential Citizen Potawatomi, many of whom represent the nation's founding families, as well as their relatives and the parcel of land that belonged to them. CPN District 4 legislator John Bursaw is passionate about sharing and protecting Citizen Potawatomi history, and he looks at the book every time he visits the Kansas Museum.
3: The first name on the, the census book is Lewis View. Who was a very, at that time, was a very prominent, was very prominent in, in the tribe, and operated a a uh, toll bridge on the western edge of the uh, reservation. That that bridge was part of the Oregon Trail, and he charged <laughs> he charged a dollar a wagon, and some days had three hundred wagons cross his bridge.
1: Following the census, a Bureau of Indian Affairs agent took the book and provided no copies to any signatories. The path of ownership remains unclear, but Dr. Mosteller said it was passed between local officials until eventually landing in the hands of the St. Mary's Postmaster.
2: You know, you can see the line of thinking that it kind of was going from one official, you know, a federal official on one level and a local official on another. So I I do think that people were trying to think through how to keep this item safe. But there is no logic when you're looking for lost records to think, could the postmaster have it?
1: After he passed away, his family donated the book to the St. Mary's Historical Society and Pay Station Museum, where it's currently displayed. Bursaw said the society remains vigilant to retain possession.
3: It just boggles our mind.
1: In fall 2006, Bursaw was acting director of the Cultural Heritage Center and traveled with curator Blake Norton and others to Rossville, Kansas to visit the Historical Society and other tribal landmarks. They also stopped at St. Mary's Historical Society and Pay Station Museum where Norton saw a woman thumbing through an old ledger.
3: And we realized what it was, and Blake said, stop using your bare hands. And so they they made this woman who was actually a a widow of a tribal member, put on gloves to look at the book.
1: The museum eventually placed it under harsh light and improper covering, adding to the degradation of the ink and pages. Dr. Mosteller, Norton, and others have provided suggestions to retain its quality throughout the years, including installing a secure case in a darker room under LED light instead of UV. I do think the staff at the pay station
2: has recognized how valuable this is, probably because we continue to tell them, and uh, taken steps to improve the care of the, the book. But, you know, it's a book that's 150 years old. If you're not paying attention and, and doing everything you can to preserve it, each decade can really put wear and tear on the book.
1: In 2007, the tribe hosted several members of the Historical Society in hopes of securing their faith in the ability of CHC staff To preserve and display the document, after touring the museum and discussing the book, the nation offered to purchase it and provide a professional copy to the pay station. However, they returned to Kansas and sent a letter declining the offer.
3: To me, that is one of one of the most sacred documents we would have, we could ever have, would be that census book.
1: The tribe then increased its offer, including a new computer system for the pay station, which officials rejected. Bursaw also emphasized that the museum in Kansas has limited accessibility, opening only from Memorial Day to Labor Day each year, or by appointment.
3: Our point was, in one weekend in June, we can have more than 4,000 people see the book, you know, in a display case. That Didn't faze them at all.
1: Dr. Mosteller agrees that historical documents thrive when people experience them in the flesh. It's the same reason school kids go
2: to D.C. to look at the Constitution and you go to these places to see these great founding documents. It's really powerful to see the beginning of your history or a new stage in your history in writing and see those names written and sometimes see the signatures, it's it's foundational documents have a lot of emotional impact. And this was a foundational document for us. So as an object, it is the beginning of us taking account of who we are and who we're going to be.
1: Before he passed away, CPN member and St. Mary's resident, Jim Pearl, wrote a letter to the town's historical society in 2008, requesting the books transfer. He also presented more than 300 signatures from patrons of the CPN Rossville Community Center and CHC showing their support. Pearl wrote,
0: My great-grandmother, Teresa Slavin, was a young girl when she arrived here with the Jesuits and sister. She received an education in the School for Girls in Sugar Creek and in the St. Mary's Mission. Access to the contents of this book is so valuable and will be a great drawing card to the St. Mary's Museum in the future when this generation has passed the gavel.
1: Additional offers have been presented throughout the years, most recently in 2020. CPN and the St. Mary's Historical Society have reached no agreement. Dr. Mosteller hopes to someday. To have this tangible piece of
2: our history that we actually could have access to and could incorporate into this space that we have set aside here at the Cultural Center, to become a place where you learn, and it's a central place where people can come and, and really connect with their history. And to have this one piece, yet again, ripped away and kept away from us, it's, it's very frustrating.
1: She and Bursaw work to keep the Census Book of 1862 at the forefront of people's minds and strive to make it part of the CHC's permanent collection. Visit the Citizen Potawatomi Nation Cultural Heritage Center online at potawatomiheritage.com. Hiker and environmental activist Hannah Bacon decided to reduce her carbon footprint and make a statement. In late November 2020, she took off from Santa Cruz, California, determined to walk across the entire United States. She stayed at Citizen Pottawatomi Nation's campgrounds in March 2021 as she trekked across Oklahoma. It's been really windy these last couple of days. Oh yeah, I'm fighting it when I'm walking. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> when she spoke with Hannah Conn Podcast on a very windy day, Bacon had walked more than 1,600 miles with approximately 1,400 to go before reaching her destination, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a time warp and all of a
4: sudden it's a month has passed and I'm like, ah, oh, wow, how did I get here? What happened? But I am, I am really, I'm proud of um, the distance that I've come. Sometimes when I think,
1: wow, I walked here from California, really kind of gets to me. Bacon lost her job in the environmental sector amidst the pandemic. With the extra time, she visited friends in Santa Cruz. She read Davis Wallace-Wells' The Uninhabitable Earth while flying to California, which moved her to take action. Something about reading the
4: book and being on a plane and taking a flight that was completely non-essential, I think, really got to me. And a few days after I landed, um, I was just out walking in the woods in a place that was really special to me when I lived out in Santa Cruz, California. And um, Santa Cruz County had just experienced all the fires of the west um, that happened this past fall Um, and I was thinking about my
1: carbon footprint and decided that I would be walking back east. She documents her progress on a blog and Instagram to raise money for Sunrise Movement, a youth-led political action organization to bring awareness to climate change and creating green jobs. I think it's really important for this moment
4: um to create new jobs and especially in the green fields and sunrise movement is also um working to ensure that all different voices are represented in the fight for climate so um they're a they're a really great organization that i've been supporting for a while and um it felt like the way to go and they also have hubs all around the country so they're a national organization with um different hubs in every state so it felt like a way to give back to all the different states that I would be walking through.
1: The photos and online journaling have helped her meet people as she continues including in Oklahoma near CPN headquarters. A resident of McLeod who follows Bacon on social media brought her snacks and spent time with her while she camped on tribal grounds. Connecting with the communities she passes through makes her challenging goals easier to reach. It's reassuring every day when I meet a kind person, I'm like, okay,
4: you know, I I got this and um, it makes me feel really
1: safe and at home kind of no matter where I am. She connected with the tribe through St. Paul's United Methodist Church in Shawnee. Throughout her trip, she has found Methodist congregations prove helpful and knowledgeable about their communities. The church's director of development, Tate Monroe, happened to answer her phone call looking for a place to stay after her plans fell through with the local RV park, and he instantly thought of CPN.
5: Well, because Hannah is walking with a purpose, I knew that CPN had a shared purpose in um, love of nature and earth and um preserving history and culture through uh, earth. And so I just knew that it would be a good connection.
1: He also shares Bacon's interest in long distance walking.
5: When Hannah called and told me what she was doing, it immediately triggered a spark of interest. And if there's um, nothing more valuable than building relationships with people, it gives you the opportunity to network and connect and know how to be a resource to others.
1: While staying with the nation, Bacon had covered two-thirds of Oklahoma, the only state she had not visited prior to this journey. She spent most of the time hiking along Route 66. There's a lot
4: of things I didn't expect. Like, it's more hilly than I thought. Um, a lot more trees and forest areas. I kind of had this image of it being just big open plains um going into oklahoma city was really cool with so many lakes and rivers it's honestly it's been a beautiful experience so um yeah it's it's really cool to be somewhere for the very first time and experiencing it in such an intimate way on foot
1: as she left her cpn campsite with her backpack strapped down Bacon looked forward to her next stop at Talamena State Park and walking the Ouachita National Recreation Trail. She hopes her message reaches more people as she travels toward her final destination. I think we're at a really crucial moment right now
4: where there's there's still time, we don't have a ton of time, but there's still time right now to plan for and protect against the effects of climate change. It's happening, it's in motion, but there's time to um, make sure that we can protect ourselves and protect our communities and also save some of the places that are really
1: special to us. Follow her journey at milesforclimate.org or on Instagram at milesforclimate. While rates have decreased by approximately two thirds in the last 50 years, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported in 2019 that 34.2 million Americans smoke cigarettes. Its prevalence among American Indians and Alaskan Natives remains high at 1.5 times the national average, or 26 percent. Citizen Potawatomi Nation behavioral health therapist Ray P said tribes across the state have been working to further reduce smoking rates for years.
5: Back in 2001-2002, Uh, The state tried to to get the tribes more involved, and so they created a coalition, the Native American Tobacco Coalition, and I was uh, one of the ones who uh, was part of that original group representing uh, CPN.
1: He began working for the nation's Behavioral Health Department in 2000, and after attending training and learning about resources, Tampe started leading smoking cessation classes for tribal members and employees in 2005. The department holds eight-week courses throughout the year for groups of 8 to 12. The sessions use the American Lung Association's Freedom from Smoking curriculum and teach attendees various options for giving up cigarettes forever. But Tainby believes mindset matters too. Uh,
5: Being open-minded and and trusting the process of being involved with others who are trying to quit. It's one of the most difficult things to do in their life. And to be able to quit and stay quit is... Uh, one of the most important decisions uh, that a person makes in their life.
1: The National Native Network's Keep It Sacred campaign reported the disproportionate levels of chronic diseases among American Indians and Alaska Natives, including lung cancer and asthma, reflect high tobacco use in the same populations. The tribe's smoking cessation classes with Changpe act as a barrier to declining health. CPN Health Services offers Chantix as a method to quit. In his experience, it's often something attendees have not tried before.
5: That's one thing that keeps people coming and staying is to get on the medication and that it'll work. It do, it'll it do what it's supposed to do, to block the brain receptors. And with the absence of the nicotine, the brain doesn't realize that the nicotine is not there.
1: However, Taintee said the best method is whatever works. He discusses lozenges, patches, gum, and other options. While the physical methods to cessation remain essential, a strong peer network proves its psychological worth throughout the group class. Taintee said it typically takes six or seven serious attempts to quit before someone permanently breaks the habit, and encouragement makes all the difference.
5: That's what's uh, unique about this class is that you get support from other people. Oftentimes, uh, when people try to quit on their own, they're met with a lot of negativity, you're not going to quit. Uh, you quit. You try to quit before. There's not a lot of support. And, and unfortunately, uh, even sometimes in the family there's not a lot of support.
1: Taintee understands the struggle to quit. He smoked for 10 years as a youth and young adult.
5: It's helpful to work together and it eases people's uh, resistance. Sometimes they're unsure whether they can do this. And so when they see that there's other people here who are going through it too, or have been through it, it helps to calm their, their nerves about uh, doing a smoking cessation class.
1: Since successfully quitting takes many attempts, breaking someone's self-doubt about their ability to commit to their decision is a significant barrier. Tain P believes the community environment allows people to redirect their thinking, the first step in the stages of change.
5: In order to remove doubt, we talk about uh, creating a vision. Can you see yourself not smoking? Do you see yourself not smoking? And making them create that, uh, create that vision in their lives, in their, in their minds, to say, I will quit, and I'm going to quit.
1: The Keep It Sacred website discusses the efforts of the commercial tobacco companies to target American Indians and Alaska Natives with marketing, including events and giveaways, while misappropriating cultural imagery and concepts. Those efforts include branding and packaging targeted explicitly to Native Americans. As a citizen of the Kiowa Tribe, Tamepe knows the effects of Big Tobacco on Indigenous communities. He shows videos explaining the company's marketing efforts to create customers for life beginning at a young age. It often motivates attendees to attempt to stop the cycle. He also incorporates Native uses of organic tobacco as a part of prayer. At the end of the course, attendees make tobacco ties using the medicine wheel's colors, red, yellow, black, and white. Tamepe believes for many attendees, it's an eye-opener.
5: We take the commercial misuse of tobacco out of our lives and put it back in its proper place where different tribes still use tobacco in a ceremonial way, in a controlled way.
1: Leading the group smoking cessation classes has become one of his favorite and most satisfying parts of his job.
5: Being in a tribal clinic, we have that opportunity to explore and incorporate those different tribal beliefs and customs in ways that's going to be helpful for them to connect or reconnect to their heritage or to their identity as tribal people.
1: For more information from the Behavioral Health Department, visit cpn.news backslash cpnbh or call 405-214-5101. Read more from Keep It Sacred at keepitsacred.itcmi.org. It's time for Learning Language when the CPN Language Department joins us to teach vocabulary, songs, stories, and more. Now, Language Department Director Justin Neely will tell us a story about the origins of daylight.
0: beno long ago, the world was dark all the time. And there were certain animals that had a better ability to see at night, like the kokoko, the owl, and the bat, and other, other animals like the aspen, the raccoon, could see better at night. And then some animals, they just, they had a hard time seeing. They were always bumping into things like Wabozo, the rabbit, and Suxi, the deer. They, They didn't quite see as well at night. And eventually, those animals that had worse eyesight, they started to kind of get wiped out by these nighttime hunters. They couldn't see, and they were having a terrible time about it, and they kept getting killed off. And they were starting to get concerned that soon their kind would be gone. And so they called a meeting of all the animals. All the animals came together. And these animals that had this poor eyesight, you know, those ones that just couldn't see real well at night, and these other animals that had great vision at night, they all came together and they said, hey, we got to do something. We got to have daylight all the time or something like that. And they started talking and arguing and fighting. And they said, look, I'll tell you what, let's have a contest. Let's let's make it fair. We'll have a contest. And what we're going to do is the ones that can't see as well, we'll have Wabozo the rabbit can kind of be their, their leader, the one that participates in this contest. And for us that see better at night, Kokoko the owl. <laughs> He can, he can be the one. He can be the one that kind of is our champion, if you will. What we'll do is we'll have a contest, and Kokoko will say debucket, night, and Wabozo will say wabin, morning, and they'll say that back and forth, and whoever messes up, if, if Al wins, it'll stay night all the time. If Wabozo wins, then we'll have night half of the night, or half of a day, and then we'll have light the other half. So they talked it out and they thought, what? Well, that seems fair. What's fairer than having a contest to determine what will happen? Seems fair enough. So that first day, Al starts it out. He says, Coco starts out and says, Debucket. Wabozo says, Wabin. Al says, Debucket. Wabin. Debucket. Wabin. Debucket. Wabin. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It goes into the next day. Day two, same thing. They still are strong, they're going tough. Debuckat! Wabbin! Du bucket! Wabbin! Du bucket! Wabbin! Just back and forth! Back and forth! And the other animals are cheering him on! Woo! Come on, wa-bozo. Come on, rabbit! And Coco folks are like, come on, Coco you can do it! Day three hits. At this point, they're starting to drown out, they're starting to wear out a bit. Even the crowd is kind of dissipated. All these other people, they went and went to bed or whatever. There's Coco Co. cat Wobbin. But even after that, they're even after struggling, they make it to a fourth day. But at this point, it's really looking bad. There's hardly anybody even hardly watching at this point. A couple of people are, a couple of animals are watching, but Al's like drifting off in between turns. and Wobbin. And and, and, and Wabos is not doing much better. He's just like, Wobbin. Wab, and then, Back to Al and Al's like Bucket? and then and Wabozo is just kind of nods, uh-huh, oh, wobbin. And then Al's Coco's like, over there and he just kinda kinda fades out and he had heard him say wobbin and he, And Al lost. And so that is why today we have daylight. Heel.
1: For more information and opportunities with language, including self-paced classes, visit cpn.news language. You can find an online dictionary at Pottawatomedictionary.com as well as videos on YouTube. There are also Pottawatomie courses on the language learning app, Memorize. HaunaCon Podcast is produced and brought to you by Citizen Potawatomi Nation's Public Information Department. Our director is Jennifer Bell. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find what you listen to. We're also on Facebook at Citizen Potawatomi Nation and on Twitter at C underscore P underscore N. Visit us on the web and find digital editions of the tribal newspaper at potawatomi.org. That's P O T A. W a t o m i .dot org. Until next time, I'm Paige Willett, Baba Bamamina. Thank you, friends. See you later.